to the UMC Lead podcast. I am on with Annie Arnoldy, who uh, was one of our speakers in the inaugural 2012 uh, Lead. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So uh, why don't you just uh, tell everyone uh, kind of who you are and uh, what you're up to, and then we'll dive into what you, what you talked about back in 2012. Okay, sure. Uh, my name's Annie Arnoldy. I am an ordained elder in the Rocky Mountain Annual Conference. And um, right now, I am serving at a church called St. Andrew United Methodist. It's in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, and it's a large suburban church. And I'm the pastor of discipleship. So I get to do all the cool stuff, um, like classes and speakers and uh, discipleship moments in worship, um, working with the people on where they want to go with spiritual formation, all that kind of stuff. So that's been, and I've just been at it since July. Um, and before that, I had been on family leave for five years. So were you in, you were on family leave back in 2012, or you were just about to go on? That's when leave. I had just gone on family leave. That was in my first year of family leave. And uh, what were you doing uh, before? Where, where were you serving before family leave? Sure. Um, in 2005, I received my first appointment, and it was to Grand Junction, Colorado, to a downtown traditional church, um, First United Methodist. And I served there for six years before taking family leave um, and having three children and kind of hanging out and doing some um, fun ministries that I just wanted to participate in and then really felt called back to the church um, last year. Cool. So do you remember what your what your lead talk was about? In- yes. Luckily, I have just found it on my computer. Uh-huh, um, excellent. Yeah. So my talk was about 30-something already. So about being a 30-something, um, both in ministry and in the church. Okay. Cool. Uh, why don't you give us sort of the... Um... The Reader's Digest uh, version. Sure. Okay. Um, I was talking about how the 30s felt very different from my 20s. Um, I was then married. We were trying to get pregnant and having a really hard time getting pregnant. I had already been serving my church for several years. Um, and I was finding I was in ministry with a lot of other young adults in their 20s and 30s. And I was seeing all these really heavy life circumstances come up. Um three of the biggest being depression, career change, and divorce. And so it was really about um, going into the struggle that once we're in this new phase of life, it's a lot more challenging not only to do ministry, but to care for ourselves. And so I talked about um, how you care for yourself and how I was learning to care for myself. And at that point, um, my twins were about six or eight months old when I gave this talk. So we did end up getting pregnant and had twins. And um, it was kind of about the resources we found and how our community sustained us, but also how I had to, I had to be able to look outside the church and really make sure I was still feeling alive, alive in God and um, alive in my marriage and really kind of putting myself first. Um, so that's a lot of what my talk was about. And then I kind of asked the question, what's to come of the church in the next 50 years during our careers? And how do we leave space for those possibilities? Cool. Oops. Technical difficulties. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. There. Sorry, the, the like mute button was sticking. Um, okay. Uh, what was I going to ask? Oh, uh, looking back on your on your talk, like how much 
do you agree with? Would you change anything? Like what's, what's different? That's a great question. Um, so now then it looks like I put my age in it and then I was 33. Is that right? Yeah. And now I'm 38. So just in those five years, I feel like a lot has changed. Um, for one thing, I did put myself first when I took family leave, and it was a little scary because you really don't know if you're going to lose your place in ministry, kind of lose your place in line, or what's going to come next, um, if you're going to be at the right place at the right time when it all happens again. And I was even a little worried that I wouldn't want to come back at all to ministry. So I feel like in taking those five years, um, one of those years I, I spent in official extension ministry and I worked at a teen homeless shelter in Grand Junction and I loved it. And it was super challenging work, but it was it was like doing the work of Jesus um, with these teens who were homeless and had so many other things going on. So that that gave me some new life. And then just being able to stay home with my kids gave me a lot of new life. And then my husband and I were able to volunteer with the youth program a lot for several years. And that was really life-giving as well. So I feel like I filled my cup back up during those years. And then, um, and then after I had my third child, she was just a, a little baby in 2014. And I really felt the call to go back. I just felt God calling me to it. I felt like I was ready to take it on again. Um, so so the good thing was I took the time I needed. I, I was practicing what I was preaching during this talk. And then um, I really was ready to go back. And now, since I've been back, it's felt completely different than the first go-around. The first go-around, I didn't know my boundaries well enough. I didn't do enough self-care. Um, I didn't feel really confident leading generations who are older than me. Um, and now it really feels natural, and it's like a natural partnership. And I think part of it is kind of getting your 10,000 hours in. Once you've done that, you just feel a lot more confident doing it. Um, and now being a parent – it's so um, it's easy to relate to the to the struggles other parents are having and kind of the people who are in my shoes. Um, so yeah, I found it to be to be I'm in a different place, and I I think I know how to do it better now, which is which is really nice. What would you tell a a 25 year old uh, coming out of seminary and and getting their first appointment? would I would tell them um everything is for a season so not to get too wrapped up in anything but also um not to have your heart too set in any one direction because God's going to take you a lot of places and sometimes sometimes your bishop is going to take you in a lot of places <laughs> and um you have to be able to say how am I going to grow here how am I going to plant myself here and know that um in our line of work it's not forever but but really, how do I feel God speaking to me? And then how do I be with the people? What my biggest joy has been once I really decided to let my congregation in and um, let the people know me and know them is when we just bonded and they really became my community. And now at this church, it's been really easy to do that, um, to open up with them and and say, you are my people now, and this is my church home. Um, and I'm, I want to be a part of of what you're doing, the joys, the struggles, and all of it. So I think I would tell them that, just live into it um, and, and know that you won't be doing this forever, but God will call you to a lot of different things. Do you think our, our current structure, our denomination is built? Is it built for millennials? Or I guess maybe the question would be, are, are millennials built for, um, for being pastors in, in our United Methodist system in, in 2016? 
Yeah, that's such a good question. And here's here's how old I am. I don't feel like I can get a handle on the millennial mindset. Um, I feel like it's like a it's a, a mystery. Actually, we have a um, one of our people on staff who is a millennial. She she calls um, her generation the something like the magic millennial unicorns. <laughs> it's just funny because you don't see them a lot in the church. They so like, do they exist? Are they right. around? Um, but they're online a lot. There's a presence of them in the community. I mean, there's just like, we know them, but do they really come to our church and worship and, and the classes? Not really. We're not seeing a whole lot of them. So I don't know. I feel like I don't have a good grasp on it, but I want to know them. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you think we, we know them in, um, in 2016? Mm -hmm. Um, especially, you know, we have, we have a lot of brick and mortar uh, churches left and um, we know millennials are in the city. Um, and uh, that's where, like you said, they're, they're out, they're about, um, mm -hmm. how do, how do we connect? Um, well, and I only can like say this with who I'm in relationship with. And so one of my cousins, my first cousin, he lives out here in Colorado and he's a millennial. Um, he, sort of got plugged into a church community when he moved here, but is kind of like disenchanted with it. Um, it's a very much a non-denominational kind of do the pastor makes the rules kind of a church. <laughs> and so, and he knows, since he knows me being a pastor, he knows about and asks questions about the United Methodist Church and he's come to worship with us. And so at least he's thinking through it, but it's like he wants the community and there's a real need for that and he wants the deeper meaning but the problem he's having is um he still can't figure out what he wants to do like for a career and he doesn't feel settled mm. at all and so i feel like there's this sense of unsettledness maybe um with the generation as a whole and that makes it harder for them to really plant roots and plug in yeah um, that wasn't quite the direction I'd planned to go, but that was good. <laughs> um, I'm going to, so I'm going to swing back to the, the self-care stuff. Um, what do you, what does your self-care look like right now? Uh, you've, you've been back since, uh, July one. So it's been, yeah. you're going on month four. Yeah. Um, I think I can do math. Um, <laughs> and, uh, what does that self-care? What do those boundaries look like? Do you, do you feel like you're, do you foresee yourself being able to hold on to them? Do you feel them being challenged um, or, and stretched already? Yeah, um, that actually is, yes. I've been thinking about this a lot because immediately when I got back to ministry, um, of course, there's like way more to do than there's people to do or hours in a day. And there's so many ideas beyond just, you know, the, the tasks that are on the table. Um, so I've already felt you know, this growing sense of, wow, this is becoming overwhelming, but really in an exciting way, um, in a way that's full of possibilities. And now the, the difference of um, now versus when I first started, I gave myself these unrealistic kind of timelines and deadlines for things. And now I'm willing to let an idea sit on the back burner or let something take its time or see if it picks up and takes hold. And if it doesn't, to not push it. So I feel like um, that makes it a little bit easier just in my own mind and, and what I'm working on. But now that I have um, the three kids that are young, my husband and I talk about it all the time, we feel crazy and all of our friends with three kids feel crazy. And it's just like this chaotic time 
Um, and it's not going to last forever. And at least the first two are in kindergarten. So that gives them something to do all day. But it is hard. And um, we try to be intentional about family days on Saturdays. And then if the kids have a day off school, um, at least one of us tries to take off too. So that can be more enjoyable and not just trying to get childcare covered. Um, but what I found also is because I'm loving my work so much, I'm okay with working hard like in spurts and then I'll either take a weekend off or take a couple days off. Um, like this week has been crazy, just full days and um, evening meetings and classes and preparing for a Bible study when I get home from that. And it's just been kind of crazy like that. But then next week we have our clergy retreat and then I go right to um, a four-day trip with my husband where we have found childcare coverage. So we're leaving without the nice. kids. So that's how I'm balancing it now. It's kind of those, those sprints and then taking some rest. What's, um, do you have any like daily, daily things you do to just take, take that time to kind of regroup, reconnect and, and refresh? Yeah. Two of my favorite daily practices are now that, so for all those years I stayed at home, I really didn't have a commute or anywhere where a commute is great because it's time to unwind. It's literally time to like disconnect from the day. Um, so I just blast my music on the way to and from church. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I just like totally unwind. It's a really great time to do that so I can leave everything that's been going on. Um, and then my other one is I joined this small exercise studio, um, and it's not necessarily just for women, but, you know, women primarily take the classes. And it's just a one-room studio. So there, you just go, and it's like my hour by myself with um, this community of women that I know and love. And yeah, that's just my time. So I make sure to do that several times a week. And those two things have really kept me pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Do you, uh, this, this may, maybe you don't want to say this on the record, but um, <laughs> do you see yourself like, are you open to maybe, maybe you need to take a few more years off somewhere again? Um, in, in your career. Um, do you, do you see that happening? Yeah, I'm totally open to the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so in my head, I was off long enough that I had so much pent up energy, like ministry energy mm-hmm. and this neat, I'm a, I'm a huge extrovert. So I had this, all this pent up energy up to getting back to adults in my world. Yeah. I just needed to yeah. get back to like people my own age um, or just like people that were not little children. So for me so far, this has really been a blessing and a great thing and a great fit. Um, but I have all these ideas for future. Like I love writing. Um, I would love right now I'm writing curriculum that we use during different seasons in the church. Um, so we'll love to publish that someday. Would love to, I really loved my work, um, with a nonprofit. So would definitely consider that again, but for the time being, like, I hope that I get to be here a good 10 years or so. I mean, to really let my kids grow up in this church and, um, and do some significant ministry here. So it, I don't, I don't foresee anything before that, but what I could see even more than kind of leaving, um, the church or whatnot, or taking time off from that is just really making use of the things we're afforded in the book of discipline, like really taking that month off every four years and taking the three to six months off every six years yeah. and, um, and making sure that happens and using that time to explore some of those things. Yeah. I was going to say one thing I I've noticed among, uh, our, our generation, I'm, I'm in there in my, my upper thirties as well, uh, is, uh, 
nobody's I've been I've been at this 10, 11 years now, and so is my wife. Um, and I, I took a year of, of leave kind of when I, when I hit the end of my rope. Um, it wasn't a, a, uh, something to get out ahead of, of burnout or stress or, or needing renewal. It was, I just literally worked myself into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, why do you think I, and I just can't think of, I'm thinking of one, one colleague in another conference who's in his 30s who did take three months off uh, recently, but I I can think of very few others, if any, who've actually used that sabbatical or or renewal leave time. Um, Why do you think that is? Well, unfortunately, I feel like it's not well supported um, within our congregations. And I know when I took um, one month off after I'd been at my church for for four years and at that point was really struggling with depression and I was right in the midst of us trying to get pregnant and all of that, um, there was some pushback and I wasn't ready to tell him all the reasons why I needed a month off. So, you know, just going into it saying our book of discipline says we can do this and I want to do this. There was a lot of pushback um, from other professionals kind of saying, well, in our careers, we don't get to do that. And just Mm. kind of like a weird attitude. Um, But I feel like when it's supported by your district superintendent and by the other clergy you work with, and when it's modeled by the other clergy you work with, then it's um, it's kind of like a natural thing. And if we could look at it a little bit more like professors at seminaries do, yes, it becomes like a little bit more of part of, you know, um, actually strengthening your ministry and whatever you want to work on next. So for me, um, I'm willing to, you know, take the fight and do it and make myself do it. But I feel like for a lot of clergy, it's either they feel like, they shouldn't, or they don't have the support to, um, or, you know, I think a lot of us clergy are overachievers or people pleasers, um, whatever category you find yourself in, it's sort of like the, um, the overfunctioners. That's what we are. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. What, what would you tell someone who, uh, a, a colleague who's, who is at kind of at the, the end of the rope and, um, they're feeling the stress they're they may be dealing with with depression what piece of advice would you give them right now i would um i would say to trust your instincts of of getting help and getting support and finding some of those sacred places um whether it's a spiritual director a counselor a medical doctor whatever it's going to be to really find those places and those people outside of your church who can support you and then to see when the next time you can take some of that time off is, whether it's your vacation time or whether it's whatever it is, but to really be intentional about taking it and um, and being still outside of your ministry setting so that God can speak to you. I feel like we don't stop often enough to listen um, and let God really renew us. So however that can happen, I think that's probably the most important thing. But also just as important, I think, is to lose the fear of, getting passed over or getting passed by or whatever it is, the church will always need us way more than we need it. Mm. So we will always have a place in the church if we want to be there. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm asking uh, everybody uh, this closing question. Um, what's, what are your, I guess, what's kind of, where do you stand on the future of, of the United Methodist Church and what are your hopes and dreams uh, for the church. 
I feel like I'm just getting plugged back into the church because while I was on family leave, I really did kind of unplug. I mean, I kept track sort of, but not completely. And so when General Conference came around this spring, I was just getting back like connected and and really making sure I was kind of following and um, getting back on board. And even in the five years um, since I had really been involved before, so much has changed and, and, and yet nothing has changed. So um, yeah, it's frustrating for sure. It's such slow moving change. It's very frustrating, but I do feel a sense of I'm okay with whatever happens. Let's just make something happen. So I feel like that may be the sense of a lot of younger leaders um, is let's just get on with this. So let's either split or let's stay together or let's change things, but let's get on with it. Um, And I do believe, I truly believe that God is able to birth new things when we allow some things to die. So I'm hopeful, um, but I think some change needs to come and we need to be able to, to live with it and let it come. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, for joining us and and for digging deep uh, to think about stuff you said uh, five years ago. Um, we appreciate it. Our listeners yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and uh, blessings uh, on the the new appointment. And um, yeah, keep up the the self care. And uh, I, I really hope this this interview will be an inspiration to I think a lot of uh, pastors who who need to hear um, many of the words and and the advice you offered today. Yeah, thanks so much. It's just it's great to catch up. I'm really glad you're doing this. And and also, if people ever want to contact me, please do. I mean, you know, Google St. Andrew Highlands Ranch, Colorado, um, because I do want to support especially those young in ministry. And um, and it's the road we need to walk together.